Merry Christmas. They're all hanging their heads in shame, but it is restless. It. It's a restless Christmas here coming to you right out of Norwalk, Connecticut, because that's actually where the station is located in 1350 AM. That's right. But Norwalk, yeah, we record in Stanford, broadcast in Norwalk and go all over the tri-state area. I think we can hear it in New Jersey. I don't know. But anyway, have a very, hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. I know it's Christmas Eve, but we are definitely in the Christmas season. I'm Father Joseph, along with Lauren, Joe, and Diane. So first of all, what are you guys doing for, what did you guys do for Advent? You know, we were talking about uh, earlier about how Advent really is a time of penance. Did you guys do any, taking out any prayers or anything extra special for Advent? What's your usual? Well, I had a thought actually that just popped in my head on the first Sunday of Advent, which is that I feel I should cut out sweets during the week. Because I just had gotten off of that, and it's something I do for Lent. And then I was like, am I becoming someone that's like looking forward to Lent already? But it's about to be Christmas. So <laughs> I cut out sweets during the week, except for fun gatherings that may have happened, because it's like hard to say no. Your Christmas to, cookie party. Well, that was on a Sunday. It's true. So Saturdays and Sundays were good. But Monday through Friday, aside from like Diane and I do this Leonine Forum week. Um, it's during the week. It meets monthly, you know, things like that special. I did not, but I just mm. felt like I needed um, to make a bit of a sacrifice. It just hit me. I didn't even know, frankly, that we're supposed to do that during Advent. So. Yeah. Yeah. Advent's supposed to be a time of penance. For me, um, so we have a, a new pastor at our uh, parish, the Basilica of St. John the Evangelist in Stanford, which is a beautiful church. If you've never been, I would highly recommend the noon mass on Sunday. Anyway, um, the pastor has this, uh, does this um, uh, novena uh, leading up to the Immaculate Conception, which happened to fall in that Advent time period. So went to those, uh, it was like benediction and then a talk on one of the titles of Mary. So went to the, those, um, you know, as often as I could. And then also for me, I've just spiritually, I think I always try to pick something to work on during the period. Um, Advent is a season of waiting and sort of, uh, you know, expectation and all that. So I, um, I'm a very, uh, impatient person, I think, um, and so I've been praying for sort of the heroic patience that, you know, like Mary has had and everything. So I decided to, after sort of some of these, there were, there were a lot of events, I would say, some of them spiritual, like this novena. But after all of that kind of ceased, like middle of December, um, I decided to spend a half an hour at adoration every day leading up to Christmas. So that was like the 10 days or so before, um, just to kind of, you know, like spend time with the Lord. And also, uh, it's a good discipline for me because some days I do want to be there. Other days I do not want to be there. Um, so it, it does help in sort of like the patience, uh, that, that virtue, but also in, uh, yeah, just praying about the things that I need to work on. Cool. So did you mix up where you went to adoration? Yes. Uh, for the most part, I had to go to St. John Fisher because that is the only place that small, kind of has... Very small. It's very chapel. small. I don't like it, but... I don't um, like it either. 
It's way too small. There's only four chairs right now because of COVID. And uh, you can hear people like chirping with their rosaries. And then and people things. just come in and it's just distracting. It is. And I'm like, no, Lauren, you're in front of our Lord. Just be with him. Yeah. Well, Unfortunately, we, have- we don't have we, we don't really have anything else in terms of like a, it's not a perpetual adoration, but it's pretty perpetual. Like it's yeah, like 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise I would go to St. Cecilia's on Wednesday. Father Kenaughton, thank you very much for having two hours of confession and adoration, um, which is very beautiful. Yeah, it's <laughs> that adoration chapel. We have a very um, diverse population here in Stanford, and it's interesting to see how different cultures pray and worship and how we as Americans are very quiet, and not all of them are. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was an opportunity in and of itself to work on patience. Yes. Because you get so annoyed at people saying their rosary like out loud. It's like, oh my gosh, can you just stop? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or standing and swaying and you, know, you never know what's going to go on in that yeah. chapel. <laughs> it can be super distracting. It can be. Yeah. Um, so my plan for this Advent was sort of twofold. Uh, one, with my CCD kids, uh, we wrote a prayer, had them write a prayer with me for Advent, mm. um, sort of praying over the things that we all wanted to grow in as we waited for the coming of our Lord. So um, I'll be praying that, um, have been praying that. And um, and then um, I decided to pray the Liturgy of the Hours kneeling the whole time throughout Advent as a sort of penance for that. So Nice. Nice. Yeah, I, I'm giving up. Uh, I gave up Facebook, which I'd like to continue. <laughs> As long as I can. Not a big fan of how much time it wastes in my own life. But you're good for putting out posts with meaning and like... And stirring the pot. Yeah. yeah. Stirring the pot, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. I've gotten a few phone calls from the bishop about that, but, you know, it's all good. Really? I have. <laughs> I have. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'll continue to post stuff, but I also I also spend a lot of time just wasting on it. Scrolling. Looking at scrolling. Which, honestly, is... You know, it has some positives because, like, oh, I didn't know they just had a baby. Oh, so nice, right? You know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, thirty minutes goes by, and you're like, I just did nothing productive in those mm-hmm. last thirty minutes. And yeah, <laughs> balance definitely so, balance. Yeah, so maybe maybe once a week. I don't know, or we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, definitely that's that's a good penance. I always try to give up desserts except for special occasions, but there's a lot of special occasions in Advent, <laughs> so. You know, office Christmas party, birthday parties, things like that. Last Christmas, of course, we were in the th- in kind of a different world view. We were in the midst of COVID. Does this Christmas feel different than last year to you and your family? Definitely. I mean, I uh, last honestly, last Christmas was amazing because like we're back at you know, ma- I mean, we didn't. I guess we didn't miss the Christmas before, but just being able to like go to midnight mass was amazing. But we couldn't like my family were pretty small, but we couldn't get together because like my aunt and uncle potentially like exposed to COVID from year school. Um in oh. yeah, so we it was it was kind of yeah, it was a little bit lonely. This year everything was kinda I mean, we were able to gather as we normally do, which is great. So what is your tradition for Christmas? Um Christmas Eve and Christmas for Christmas Day. for Christmas Eve we go over to my uncle's house who lives literally next door because our land used to be a farm family owned whatever um so we go over to his house have dinner i go to midnight mass by myself because no one wants to stay up um (laughs) but you know i enjoy going to mass by myself and now you have friends that go right last year i didn't candace lee said she will be oh great Midnight mass yeah yeah she um yeah am am i a bad pastor for making the midnight mass 10 p.m (laughs) Yeah, 
<laughs> I didn't know why you were looking at me. I'm like, did I say the wrong I'm just, thing? I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just going to come right out and say it. <laughs> midnight mass needs to be at midnight. Hmm. We can't be babies. If you're going to go to 10, you got to just, just go to 12. Or I would say, I know your parish, caller. which maybe you do. So maybe your parish <laughs> has to be 10 p.m. I know, but I'm the only priest there and I have the 730 in the morning and... <laughs> You you can you can get by with five no. hours of sleep. No, I I think you're valid. That's you could dumb. take a nap on Christmas afternoon, Father Joseph. Yeah. How do you know? Maybe he's got a party to be at. I got lots of parties to be at. <laughs> well, then you can have a coffee. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> it's great being a priest because you kind of hit the rounds. Yeah. Like three people invite you over, so I'm like, okay, appetizers here, just dinner here, dessert there. Yeah, I bet that. <laughs> eat a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, everyone on Christmas Day comes over, and my family is expanding because my brothers are both, uh, uh, yeah, one of my brothers has two kids, one has one on the way, so every year there's like another child, and children are uh, <laughs> entertaining when they're not your own. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. How about you, Lauren? Um, well, so last year my family was not concerned about COVID at all. We were... Just never really worried about it. Um, unfortunately, two of my cousins couldn't come over because one of their parents was concerned about his mother. And she's elderly, so, you know, okay. But um, Christmas Day, my cousin got engaged in front of the entire family. Oh, nice. And it was such a special moment. And a funny story is, like, you know, the holidays can kind of blend together over the years because we're the, the same group on my mom's side. They'd always get together. And uh, I was talking to my cousin, and I was like, I should take pictures this year. So I got out my nice camera, my DSLR, and, you know, shot some candids and some, you know, pose shots. They all come out great. But I had the camera right next to me when Pat went to get the ring. And so I got all the pictures of her reaction, and uh, I had a great viewpoint. And I, I didn't know that Pat had done this, but he had given the ring to my brother, but so he basically stood up after we had all exchanged gifts, which is always like a really fun time. And uh, he's like, you know, I, I have something to say. So I knew immediately what he was going to do. And then he turned to Brian, like Brian, to like get the ring. So I was so clued in. I glanced at my cousin. She had no idea. She was so shocked. I mean, it was just the best reaction and like her pure joy and our whole family being there. We're very close. So um you don't really get that like level of emotion and happiness together. And it was just so palpable. I mean, and the rest of the night was so much fun. We were like singing songs and like, you know, music playing and people are giving toasts and making some speeches, you know, like it was really phenomenal. So I'm guessing yeah. she said yes. Oh, she did. Yeah. <laughs> so her wedding is coming up this year, April 22nd, but I don't expect anyone to get proposed to tomorrow. I guess we'll see, um, but yeah, that was uh, that was very fun. Um, but yeah, so my family's all getting together Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, uh, both at my parents' house, and I do a lot of work to help out. So it is long and very tiring, but it's all things I love to do, you know, baking and preparing and hosting, and mm. you know, so it's a very fun time. Yeah, um, last Christmas was pretty normal for for us, m mostly because my immediate family with the exception of my mom, had all had COVID within the few months prior to Christmas. So we had achieved our own version of herd immunity. And then, um, <laughs> and um, so we weren't really worried too much to worry about it. And um, we always, for Christmas Eve, we always go to my, to my grandmother's house and she does the traditional seven fish meal for Italians. Um, and so, and they're mostly, they mostly stay in. So with her and with my aunt, uncle and cousin, and we just had them over Christmas day to kind of keep the circle tight. So that was fine. And we're doing the same thing this year, basically. Um, so no real change, no 
normal change there, which is good because um, it's good to have these sort of points in the year that are normal, punctuated to fixed. punctuate the craziness and fixed. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. What do I, you do, Father Joseph? You what do I do? Vacation? <laughs> It's one of of our busiest times, and especially when Christmas falls on a Saturday, because then we have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, three days of just intense masses in a row. It's going to be really exhausting coming up, but praise God, it's all good. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so usually I go over some friends' house, but um, they're from Great Britain, and they have dinner at 9 p.m. on Christmas Day night. That's, That's their thing. So we always go over... I get they don't open the gifts till I get there, which is like two thirty in the afternoon, and then we like for two and a half hours we open gifts, and they're like one of the most wonderful families and extremely generous, and they give me like five gifts, and their kids like thirty five gifts each. I mean the four kids, and and they each open one at a time. Oh it was wow! Like, takes forever, and then we're like, hey, it, let's go for our annual hike. So we go for a hike down the street to this park and everything, and by the time we get back, it's seven p.m. You know, we're hiking in the pitch black, and she's like, oh, I guess I should start dinner now. So. <laughs> But this year, because I'm like, the next morning I've got 7.30 mass, so I can't do a 9 p.m. dinner. So I'm going to another friend's house in Stanford tomorrow, and they said dinner at 2 p.m. <laughs> a little bit better. That sounds better. Yeah, sounds a little better. But, but yeah, no, last year with COVID, we had a few, a few extra masses. We had to add extra masses because I think it was like a 100-person limit. Oh, right, yeah. So this year I'm grateful that we don't have a limit, so we can kind of... Yeah, I remember signing on at like 7 a.m. for the, you know, the, the online sign-up. I was like, I got to get this. Everyone was that 4 p.m., right? The 4 p.m. Well, there was a was 2 p.m. at St. John's. There was a 2 p.m. We went to. Yeah. It was weird because the the church was so empty. Like, it, I don't think we even reached 100 people. No. And it just felt like there could be so many more people in here, especially St. John's is such a huge church. Yeah. Well, this would be my first Christmas in my new parish, St. Jude's, so I'm not sure how the turnout's going to be. Could be huge. I, we have masses both upstairs and downstairs simultaneously. So oh, wow. we shall see. And you get someone to help you then. I do. Yeah, Father Chris Ford. Oh, nice. Helping out with the masses, which is awesome. Very good. So keeping the reason for the season, you know, Christ, how well are you usually able to keep Christ in Advent and Christmas? Because there's so much other stuff, families and presents and, you know, just the other fixins. Well, I, I um, don't help at all with Christmas dinner, so it's very easy for me because I don't worry too too much about the preparation. I just show up and eat and drink my way through the holiday, so I don't I, I don't have to worry too, too much about that. And you usually serve at Mass, right, for Christmas Eve? I always do when I was younger, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't altar serve anymore. Oh, you don't? No. Oh, okay. um, well, they don't, they don't really do altar serving anymore, actually, at St. Mary's. Really? Bethel. Um, this is an aside, but we had been asked to ask our CCD kids to consider it, and I did, and I don't think enough of them made themselves available to it wow so covid um, killed it covid killed it that's too bad um, i so there were a couple people who i who had been regulars prior to covid um helping with the triduum this last year um so that was good but mm. um yeah i know i always i did always in fact one year i did the um midnight mass upon your invitation and rearranged christmas eve dinner to, to do so <laughs> and was not <laughs> sorry to do so in the future so oh no um, but, not, we don't but wasn't it beautiful <laughs> it was oh yeah it was great i was glad i went but that's that's what I love about yeah, yeah Christmas that when you have those masses that keep Christ at the center you know this, all the scripture readings are so powerful and did you know that there are different scripture readings for Christmas Eve midnight dawn and day so if you go to four separate masses you'll hear four separate readings from scripture awesome not that anybody goes to four separate masses but some people do too 
is it just the four different no one of the gospels doesn't have a nativity scene right no one is john's well john's gospel is you know in the beginning was the word and the word was with right, god right 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 yeah um, is it just that it's just the four beginnings each gospel or no because mark's gospel doesn't have anything right. for the nativity so they split it up like one is the um one is the birth and one is the shepherds okay it's like chop up luke a little bit luke's gospel not himself <laughs> 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 Yeah. So what about Christmas? I mean, are you, you know, I suppose, you know, of course, when we're kids, we focus on the presents, but as you grow older, how do you keep Christ at the center? It's always such a vague question, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I think I get, maybe, maybe I'm just a Scrooge, but I get super annoyed in the time between, I mean, basically Advent season, um, because the secular world is, everything is like lights and it's all about Santa Claus and like all of these things. So, um, I think that allows me to like fully more fully enter into Advent. Um, and then, you know, like by sort of entering into that time of, of waiting and of kind of silent prayer and reflection, I find always that on Christmas day, I'm like the anticipation is built up so much because you're waiting and waiting and waiting and, um, keeping Christ at the center. Like, it's just so, it's so joyous the whole Christmas season then that you have because you've kind of entered into that period beforehand of uh, preparation. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. When you don't jump the gun and think Christmas starts on November 27th. Right. Right. Because a lot of times, I mean, the music is already, you know, it's on the radio right after Thanksgiving or before Thanksgiving. And by the time you get to uh, the saddest thing, oh my gosh, because I'm I'm a big runner and I normally go down to the beach in Greenwich on Christmas. There are already trees that people are discarding in the parking lot on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day? On Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. Afternoon. Wow. I mean, that's ridiculous. So that is it's ridiculous. just, I mean, Christ is the reason for the season. So, uh, yeah, I guess I just get so annoyed by the secular society that I like just really, it makes me want to dive into it more. Yeah. Amen. That actually brings us to the next question. So what do you love about the Christmas season, either in the church or the secular world? And what do you not love about the Christmas season in the church or the secular world? I like that. I like that um, I think there really is a building sense of anticipation as Advent progresses. And it's not always for the right reasons. I think that, you know, for a lot of kids and just for a lot of families in general, it's the anticipation of the coming holiday, not for the celebration of the of the coming of our Lord. But I do think that that can sort of be used and sort of transformed into an appropriate anticipation for the coming of our Lord. I know that in my own life, that, that the, the anticipation and, and excitement I felt for the coming of Christmas Day has transformed, I think, into a better um, excitement. And, and I, I like that that then builds to Christmas and then it feels like for a week the whole world almost stops. I mean, it feels more so before I was working full time, obviously, but, you know, um, things, plans don't seem to happen. It's a lot of family plans in that week between Christmas and, and New Year's or whatever, and mm-hmm. things seem to get canceled. So I like that there is still a sort of even a secular sense of build, 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 build. Here's the event. And now like something, something different for a period of time. Yeah. yeah. I think there's something to work with there. Hmm. That's very true. I think the octave thing, though, is is so important to me now, and I would encourage everyone to go to Mass over that period of time, because having just one day is not enough, and that's why we have that sort of, you know, season. Um, but, yeah, because I, I, sometimes when I was a kid, too, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, all this anticipation for one day, and now it's over, and I feel like I didn't even enter into it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you can fully enter into it in that one night or that one Mass or whatever. Um, so it's really actually very beautiful that it's an extended period. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think though, 
um, most of the action, you know, is before Christmas Day, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of what's so great about this season is all the gatherings that happen. And they're always before. And I remember even in my old job, we would always go to dinner together. You know, the architect, me, the other person that worked with us, and then another architect and like a builder. Um, so it was a small group of people and it was a nice meal. But my boss always wanted it before Christmas, even when it was hard to fit it in. And I remember thinking like, we could do this after Christmas, right? It'll still be a nice dinner, <laughs> right? You know, and a nice time that we have together. And we always have a great, you know, time when we're out. But it's got to be before you know, so I don't know. I guess the culture just says it's all in the anticipation um, leading up to it, you know, the shopping and the parties. Yeah. Isn't this a good, I'm just thinking this is a good analogy for sin, right? Because sin tells you it's going to be so delightful, so delightful, and then it happens. And then you're just kind of like, ugh, it's over, right? In Christianity, it's like really like you, you enter into Advent and you say, deny yourself, and then you celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It'll definitely. Make it all better, I think, if you go through that penance first ahead of time. But I don't think most people even know they're supposed to do that. No, I probably didn't. not. Probably not. <laughs> but in <laughs> my true. case, um, you know, now our my mom's side of the family is split up a bit with like more moving to North Carolina. So, you know, for them to all be back up here and for all of us to be together, it is a special time. So I kind of go back and forth where it's like, I love this. Everyone's together. But then it's like, oh, wait, it's my family again, and everyone's loud and kind of annoying, and it's a lot of work, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm tired. Like, I'm putting so much effort in here, you know. Oh, man, it's funny. But, you know, that's the truth of it. But it is a it is a, a really great time. Um, and then what hits me in the after effect is like, oh, winter's about to drag on for so long, January, February, March. But I, I do find joy, I guess, in, in the winter months as well. But it just doesn't, it's just not as fun of a time of year, I guess, as spring and summer to me. Yeah, February is not that thrilling yeah. as, a, as a whole. I mean, and then it's Lent, so. And then it's Lent, yeah. So I want to open a can of worms here. What do you think of Christmas and Easter Catholics? The ones who come twice a year. You because know, I've heard many Catholics being like, oh, you know, welcome them, welcome them. And other Catholics are like, what are they doing here? They're taking my parking spot. I think that's the wrong attitude, definitely. Like, I, I definitely obviously understand um, wanting, obviously, people to go to Mass at all appropriate times and and then some. But, I mean, I, I take some joy when people, you know, feel, feel still feel some connection to go because if it was totally relevant to their life, they wouldn't feel the need to do that at all. And so I think that, um, I'm not saying that it's your attitude, by the way. I'm just saying that I, I've heard that attitude express. And um, I think that, the priest who takes a moment, because I've heard this before, to like make a dig about it at people, turns people off. Mm. Like my, my pastor a couple years ago, um, it was packed house, and at the end of mass, he got up and said, "All right, you know, I see a few new faces here, so I thought we would just go ahead and go around the room and you know introduce ourselves and say hi and say our names." And people laughed, and you could tell that people were just relieved that they weren't being judged. Um, so I, I think that there can be, we should take it as an opportunity to evangelize to the extent that we can. Even this, though it's obviously tragic that they're only experiencing these two moments and are probably receiving the Eucharist in a state of moral sin and all that stuff, but that's my concern. Yeah, that's my concern. Is and, and at my parish this year, we're going to make an announcement actually before Holy Communion and yeah. say, you know, we welcome all visitors here and we invite those Catholics who are spiritually well prepared to come forward and receive communion. If you're not Catholic or you're not, it's been a while since you've been in church. You're welcome to come forward with your arms crossed across your chest. Because, yeah, that's the thing is that I think we, we need to acknowledge the reality in the room that half of these people have not sat in this pew for months, you know, 
if we if we don't acknowledge it and pretend that they're yeah. church going, then I think we do them a disservice. But obviously, you don't want to browbeat them either. Right. Sadly, I think that needs to be. Ex- I think that needs to be explained a little bit more, though, you know, because I, I have heard that at weddings, too. And um, I don't think people like even if you say you're not in state grace, like it's it's vague to people who don't know that like this is a sacrilege. And the vast and, majority of and the vast, these Catholics are going to like, wait, state grace. And they don't. So they need they need like a definition sort of of a little bit more than that. So maybe if you could work that in. But like because I'm always like, do people actually even understand this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I I do always pray, like I would pray for you and all of the priests, I mean, at St. John's, like on that day, because I feel like Christmas and Easter especially, like it's an opportunity. I mean, you're an amazing homilist, Father Joseph, but like that's always such an opportunity to kind of like for people who are ready to, and people, you know, obviously some people are ready to receive the message, some aren't, but there, I'm sure there are people who are ready to receive a message. And so to like, you know, just that the Holy Spirit can maybe speak through the priest, you know, through the homily or whatever. And I mean, it's an opportunity, I think, like Joe said, to evangelize and maybe like even churches can kind of highlight some of the community stuff that they have going on because people are drawn in, I think, through friendship um, and through things like Bible studies and all that. So, yeah. I mean, do you feel increased pressure? Because I think I probably would. Like, I I think my mindset would be like, this is some of these people I'm never going to see again. Like I would be, I would be so nervous to give a homily. Cause I, would, I would feel like this is the moment. But then again, that, yeah, there's only so much you can do. And obviously, you know, the, it's not the word, it's not, it's not the priest's homily, but the sacraments itself that should be drawing people. But do you feel, do you feel that at all? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, I recognize there's many different stages to discipleship, you know, and the first stage is, is trust. So like if they have a good experience of church, then they're going to hopefully have that bridge of trust, but you're probably not going to get somebody to discipleship because of your Christmas mass. Yeah. So you kind of have to, you know, play the long game and say, all right, so they trust us. Now maybe they'll come for religious ed. And, but, but that's where the whole community comes in because, okay, now they've had a good experience with St. John's or St. Jude's or whatever, St. Mary's. And now a friend needs to go to them and say, hey, I saw you Christmas there. I didn't know you were Catholic. Why don't you come next Sunday, you know, or whatever. That's a good point. Yeah. The invitation. Yeah. You know, like that personal invitation makes such a difference. Yeah. Which all of us who are listening to this, this show have an opportunity to do. Because probably all of us either have family members or friends or people we're going to see at church and we're like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. someone new, you know? Yeah. What an opportunity. Or at least you can say, what did you think of the Mass? Or Father Joseph's homily, right? Because your your parties could totally avoid that conversation easily. You know, you talk about mm. all this nonsense. Oh, what shows are you watching? Oh, you seen any good movies lately? I, was like, I don't care. No, I'm sorry. But yeah, no. Um, <laughs> talk about the Mass, you know. To someone in the room where you're with, see where they're at spiritually, and then, you know, you can take it from there um, to your question. I mean, I love when church is filled, you know, there's nothing like it. But most of my life growing up, we were shut out at St. Catherine's of being upstairs. We had to go to the basement. So mm, that You didn't get there that, early that's enough. That's annoying. No, which is classic. My family <laughs> will never get there early enough, oh, you know? Crazy. Like, <laughs> that's your problem. I'm such an on-time it, person. It is just I not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, and the, oh, the church would always look so... Beautiful, right? And the trumpets were upstairs, so glorious, and we're shut out. So you're a little bit like, man. And like and the people with their jackets, you know, they got the whole the pew, pew, yeah, ready to go. And it's like, who freaking are you? They got you know, here at 2.30 like, in the afternoon for a 4 o'clock mass. <laughs> you know, what? one good hack that I realized a few years ago, because I was, I, we, my family and I went to mass on Christmas, and of course we were running late, and of course I was in a bad mood about it because I like to get to mass early because it's what you should do. And so we got in, and the place was packed. There was no seats, and we had resigned ourselves to go into the gym or whatever. Then I looked, and I was like, 
why would that row be reserved? And it was the front row, not where the Eucharistic ministers usually sit, but across from it. It was the front row. So I went up to, to Father Father Robert Wolf, who was the vicar at the time. I said, Father, is this row reserved? He said, Oh no, 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 no. just Catholics don't don't sit in the front. And I said, No, of course they don't. But you know, I'll go for it. So <laughs> look in the front because it may not be reserved. It might just be that Catholics don't like the front row, and you can break the mold. Mm. So that's my that's my suggestion for the Christmas season. Well, the reason why Catholics don't sit in the front is because you need cues on when to stand and sit. That's true. And kneel, right? My family always sat in the front row. That's true. You guys did. Yeah. <laughs> I know your parents do. No, I still see your parents in the front yeah, row. They, they still <laughs> sit in the front row. Yeah, and sure. my family was the family who was there an hour before yeah. mass to make sure that we got a seat. On Christmas? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that'll yeah. never be my family. Go but I'm also part of the problem. It? I have to admit. I was part of the problem. So what? Which problem? Everyone of thinks being late. Uh, <laughs> everyone thinks like the four o'clock mass, that's like the golden mass. But if you go to like the next one at like 530 or six or whatever they have, it's actually great. Because it's the same quality music and less people, like right. less less of a zoo. It's not yeah, the little well, kids everybody anymore. Everybody parties on Christmas Eve, so that's why you go to mass first, party, then you don't have to wake up early in the morning. Oh, see, my family never did a party Christmas Eve. Hmm. Yeah, we Christmas do a yeah. big yeah. party, yeah, big Italian like families. Turkey sandwiches for dinner, like just whatever. No. Oh, man. I'm not I mean, Italian. I'm sorry. I'm literally not where the, the, uh, the anticipation is building to its highest, especially as a kid. I mean, it's a huge party. It is so much fun. Did you and everyone... like, stay up till midnight and then open gifts? Or No, we didn't do that. I think my dad's family did that and they would have breakfast. But just, you know, when you're a kid and, you know, everyone's asking, what'd you ask for? And we would track Santa Claus on the computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the little cousins still believe, you know, and it's like the cutest thing. And you're all together. It's so much fun. And it just continues. It just builds. Then you go wake up, you get your, all your presents from Santa. Then everybody gets together again and you share right. all your new toys. Except for my dad. I'd be like, don't bring that. Joe's going to break it, you know, <laughs> or whoever, you know, not uh, it's a funny thing. But yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Have a Merry Christmas to all of you listening. Make sure to keep Jesus as the center of not just this day, but also the rest of the Christmas season, which goes all the way to the baptism of our Lord. Keep that Christmas spirit alive, knowing that God is Emmanuel, God with us. Merry Christmas to all of you on Veritas Catholic Network, 1350 AM. And Merry Christmas to all those downloading our podcasts at the various apps and other fun places where you get them. Feel free to subscribe. Feel free to like and subscribe. That's right. Have a very Merry Christmas. God bless you.